now this impeachment is healed. Come on now. Let this nation be healed. We be one. Amen. Let, let us go on. Amen. Let's lift our hands towards the cross. Pastor, would you come and lead us this morning? Father, in the name of Jesus, we come together. Father God, with a heart and a purpose to pray. Father God, with a heart and purpose to war. Father God, for the souls of men. Father God, for the souls of our family. We'll knock upon the doors of heaven in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we bless you and praise you now, Lord, as we lift up, Lord God, of the lost souls, Lord, all of our unsaved loved ones. We lift them up before you this morning, Father God, knowing that you are mighty to save, that your arm is not shortened, that you cannot save. Father, you can reach them wherever they are. Lord God. So we lift them up before you. Lord, we pray for their salvation today. That you would save them in the state that they're in. Save them in the place that they're in. Save them in the region they're in. Save them in the condition they're in. Save them in the area they're in. Save them, Lord. For you are mighty to save God. Hallelujah. We declare it in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Father God, and we pray in the name of Jesus. Lord God, for the age we pray for every church today, every ministry, every parachurch, every minister, Lord. We lift them up before you, Father, asking you, Lord God, to empower, to equip, to send, to use, to anoint, to grace, Lord, every ministry, Lord God, under this umbrella, oh Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus. And Father, we pray today for healing for our nation. You've already told us, Lord, that if your people called by your name, would humble themselves and pray and seek your face, turn from our wicked ways, you would forgive our sin and you would heal our land, heal our land, let us move beyond the division, let us move beyond the trial and its results, let us move beyond our differences, Lord, heal our land, oh God, we speak healing, we cry out for healing this morning, in the name of the Lord. Jesus Christ. Yes, God. Yes, Lord. And Father, we pray for our leaders, Lord. We pray for Apostle C and for Sister C this morning. We lift them up before you, O God. In the name of Jesus, we pray, Lord God, for Pastor Gardner. We lift him up before you this morning, speaking grace over their lives, blessing over their lives, healing over their lives, strength over their lives. In the name of Jesus our Lord and Father we pray in the mighty name of Jesus for supernatural manifestation of healing 
anointing. I, the Lord your God, have delivered you out of many things. And you shall go forth the song of triumph and a flag of victory. And this is your hour, said God. And you will dream dreams. And you will see visions. And you will see what the Father is doing. And you will follow in my footsteps, in my spirit, in my spirit, said God. Amen. Say, he shall reign, therefore I shall reign. He shall reign, I shall reign. He shall reign, I shall reign. Give the Lord a shout and a clap offering. Amen.
crying because I was somebody really needed to hear how good God is. Um, none of my family was there for me. My daughter was locked up unnecessarily. Um, and I couldn't call on nobody but this church. I called Dr. Brooks, Dr. Wayne Brooks, Pastor um, Reverend Carlotta, Pastor Sharon was praying for me on my way to surgery. I didn't even get to Dr. Uh, Pastor Dr. Cheryl and Dr. Uh, Jerry because um, I didn't have a way to get to them, but I called Pastor Simon and Pastor Trish. I texted them. And um, I just want to let y'all know that God told me that y'all went to the course of heaven for me because the devil was intended for me not to be able to stand again. Last Sunday, for the last couple of Sundays, I've been coming to church with a cane. And I was supposed to have surgery the 17th of this month. First of all, December the 16th, God, the bishop said, no, do, do be careful because you don't know what God going to do. I was in my room, bathroom, and I'm like, Lord, if this, not, if this is not for me, you got to heal me. Give, me give, give me some healing right now and take this pain and stuff away from me. I don't have pain in my back. I'm good. Um, my, my left knee is a partial replacement, and I was telling them this morning, but God told me they're not going to even do that. They're not going to even do that. I don't have a cane this morning. I don't have no pain. But God gave me the scripture. Um, this is the New International Version. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be free from your suffering. New Living Translation. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. The English Translation uh, Standard Version is, and he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your diseases. The Baron's the Baron Study Bible, I got this from Bishop, he told me how to do this. Daughter, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be free of your afflictions. I'm not using no painkillers. I was, but I'm not only because the enemy thought he was going to use that to get me caught up on something else. Um, I love y'all. I mean, I, mean, I love y'all from the depths of my heart. Because I got healed from church hurt. I got healed from not trusting people in the church because I had been hurt so bad. Thank you, Jesus. And Dr. Jerry and Dr. Shirley, I love y'all. And forgive me for, and I ask God to forgive me for any ill thoughts that might have came in my, my heart. But I knew y'all was chastising me, but I didn't understand it then. But I, God showed me you up against a wall, praying and going to the course of heaven for me. And I love y'all, man. I, I thank God for y'all. I don't have no pain. I don't have a cane today. And by my faith today, because of my faith, I am me whole, and I'm in my new season. I want y'all to know that I did not know that anybody specifically had uh, a testimony today. She was ready, guns blazing. She's ready to share today. God had laid upon her heart. And let's tap in today to that healing. Come on, stand up right now where you're at. And let's say, Lord, heal me. Your blessings are for me. Your healing are, is for me. And I receive it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give God a big shout of praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Stand up. The Bible says 
that you shall reign. You shall reign because of Christ. Amen? So why don't you go greet four or five people, give them a handshake or hug and say, you shall reign because of Christ. Give them a handshake or a hug and greet four or five people. Say, you shall reign because of Christ. It's working? I'm going to cut the word. Then we get it going. Did he put a new computer in, Tony? Did he get a new computer? Anthony? I thought he put a new computer in the other day. New hard drive. We were talking about putting a new hard drive in, no? We were talking about a new hard drive. Hallelujah. Amen. God is good. Amen. We kind of feel the Lord's changing the service here around. I know that the computers are just totally whacked this morning, but that's okay. That's God saying, do this, do something different. So we want to just continue in that move of the Holy Spirit this morning. I just want to share with you something God gave me that I think is so relevant to today. First of all, how many of you got a fast, I mean a testimony from the fast? Okay, we got some testimonies. Because I think we got to get in touch with the fact ooh, that God is doing something different in the earth today. And we hear that all the time, but he does not want us to do church as usual. 
And I want you to put your hand on your heart this morning because we got to get this in us. I am the church. That's right. The church is not a building. When he said to Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church, he said, upon him, he's building us. We're the church. And how many have ever heard of the writer C.S. Lewis? He wrote The uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. God is causing us to have increased faith this year like never before. If you haven't been challenged yet in your faith, get ready because this year is the year. I've been challenged a lot. But every time I just feel like God's saying to me, I'm in control. Don't look at what you see. I'm in control. Whatever I'm allowing, I'm going to use. And I really feel like we got to get that in our spirit that as Christians, especially in this hour, we got to take a stand. We got to take a stand for the word of God and what the Bible says. Not man's opinion, not popularity, not being politically correct. We got to start taking a stand. And you know that involves taking a risk. He is all powerful. C.S. Lewis in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, we get a portrayal of God through Aslan, the lion. How many of you know uh, what I'm talking about? Aslan is a lion in the, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and he represents our God. And this is what little Lucy, one of the little kids, is about to encounter Aslan. And Mr. and Mrs. Beaver, who are an animal talking, say to her, Aslan, a man? Because Lucy asked the question, is Aslan a man that I'm about to meet? And, and uh, Mrs. Beaver says, Aslan a man? Certainly not. I tell you, he is king of the wood, son of the great emperor beyond the sea. Don't you know who the king of the beasts is? Aslan is a lion, the lion, the great lion. Oh, Lucy says, I thought he was a man. Is he safe? Is he safe to come near? And I will feel very nervous about meeting a lion. That you will, dearie, said Mr. Beaver. And make no mistake, if there's anyone who can appear before Aslan without their knees knocking, they're either braver than most or just plain silly. Then he isn't safe, said little Lucy. Safe? Don't you hear what Mrs. Beaver tells you? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe. He's good. He's the king. And that's the God we've got to get to know. He's good. He's safe. No. But he's good. And he's the king. Saints, we got to take a risk. We don't got to be safe. So many Christians live safe and walk around fearing death. 
that ain't us. I don't want to be safe. And I don't fear death. Because I know who I'll be with. How many of you hear what I'm saying this morning? It's time to take a risk. Step out in faith. Believe God this year. I just got a real negative report about someone that is very close to us and very dear to us. And it looks like death. But I said, God, no, she's never been safe. And she is your daughter. So guess what? We win. She wins no matter what. It's a year we got to come up and let our faith be tested because it gets stronger when it's tested. And let us believe in the lion who's the king, who's good. He's just not safe. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not going to be safe. Oh, come on, say it with a fiercity. I'm not going to be safe. Because he is Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, give God a praise this morning. How many of you know for that to be, he's going to do some change in our lives this year. He's changing the church. He don't want a bunch of nice, safe people. He wants us to be fierce. He wants us to take risks. And he wants us to change. Say, change me, Lord. Yes. I want to take a moment for those of you that uh, fasted. It's take a short testimonies. If you come up here, grab a mic. What did God show you during that week? Or what happened during that week that you fasted? Now, not other testimonies, other great things God has done in your years past. That's great. I want something to happen during that week or something that he showed you during the fast. Now watch. Everybody... Listen closely. We are soldiers, right? We follow orders, correct? Everybody quiet for one minute. We've started. One minute. You can say a lot in a minute, can't you? If you feel you have something that goes on longer than a minute, write it down 
and me and Cheryl will personally read it. Turn it in. Anything over a minute, write it down. We want to hear it, and we will read it and possibly share it with the congregation. Come on. I want to hear from some of you what God has done in that week of fasting. Come on. Grab a mic up there. A bunch of you raise your hand. Come on, come on, come on. We will encourage people to come. Amen. Come on, stand up here and take a minute and just testify. This is what God did during that week. This is what God did for me that week. Uh, Mom and Dad knew I had been going back and forth with my family. Um, There was totally dysfunction, no unity at all. Um, Doing my fast, and I just, you know, always be praying for my family. But God destroyed the yoke, a division in my family. We're getting along. And when I told you I wanted to beat my sister up because she was just so, ugh. Um, God got me praying with her and for her. And, it, I mean, it's just so much love flowing in my family right now. And my mom's doing awesome. Come on. I'll be next. Several people raise their hands. Come on. So, you know, Psalm 102 says that God will change us like a cloak. And so it, what he did, I believe he began something af- be, during the fast, after the fast. But what I'm realizing is um, I said, I'm going to go through the doors of my destiny. And as I'm noticing and recognizing what those doors are, fear tries to come up in me. But no, it's not, it's not going to happen. It's not going to prevent me from going through the doors of my destiny. And so God is... <laughs> So I'm overcoming in my in my own negative thoughts that have been a part of my life for probably for a long time. And God is just setting me free and I'm walking through the doors of my destiny. (laughs) Hallelujah. Say you are lost and found. So my son had a birthday party on Saturday and I couldn't find my wallet since Saturday. And I went to the CVS to go and pick up my medicine. And I'm like, oh, my God, my wallet is gone. It's Monday. Oh, my God. So I traced back my steps, was looking and looking and looking. And I just began to just sit there and like, where's my wallet? And my Social Security cards are in there, insurance cards, all of my previous IDs, everything is in there. My son's social security card is in there. Everything was in there. So I was like, oh my God, where is my social security card? So every morning I've been listening to Facebook. It's called Break the Cycle Challenge, where they deal with the prayerlessness, um, fear, um, sexual sin and soul ties. And then they dealt with um, relationships and different things like that. So every morning I was like, oh my God, I gotta listen to this. I gotta listen to this. Friday, I did not listen. I did not pray. I did not, and it really came and hit me like a hot flash. You lost your wallet. I said, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. And I started crying at work, losing my mind. And I said, God, wait a minute, let me calm down. What did I learn during the week? So I wrote my prayer down in my prayer journal. I said, God and Holy Spirit, please reveal to me where my wallet is. On Saturday morning, I got up. I started praising the Lord, and I just turned on my music, and I just started praying, and I started searching. 
And as I'm cleaning up and cleaning house, God said, I'm cleaning inside of you. I'm working inside of you. I'm making you whole. I'm taking all of that negativity that you did on Friday, everything that you broke down on Saturday. Guess what? It's turning around. I found that wallet less than five minutes. It was deep in a bag. And God said, I have found you. Even though you have hidden from me so many years and so many times before, you thought you was going to go way over here, but I found you. Just like I'm going to find others. You are lost and found. God showed me that I would fret about a lot of things, thinking that I was in control. I had to control this. I had to control that. I had to see about my husband, make sure that he eats the right thing. I had to make sure that everything was going right in our life. And God just freed me because he said he's in control. I have to trust, trust in the Lord with all my heart. That's one of the things he freed me from. And then the next thing he told me is that I hear you. And he answers me. And that little voice that I hear in my head is the voice of God. And I'm so thankful for that. Amen. So I'm a part of this uh, campus ministry. And we recently went on a retreat to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And before going on the retreat, I felt to fast and so I fasted social media. That's what the Lord told me to fast. And so when I did it, at first I got really irritated because I couldn't check Facebook, Instagram, all that. I was like, God, you know, this is kind of painful, you know. And he was like, well, what did I do on the cross? That was more painful, wasn't it? So I was like, all right, God, you know, help me to keep my flesh down. What ended up happening was as I began to fast social media, I started calling family members, friends. I started calling people and actually talking to them on the phone. And I used to hate calling people and talking to them on the phone. I don't know what it was. It was so much easier just to text. But what I've realized from that was when we're, when we're connected by texting or, you know, Snapchatting, whatever, you're really not interacting with the people around you. You're not. And so that's what I realized. And I actually became happier that week that I didn't have social media on my phone. So now I don't even use it because it's like, what's the point? Like, I don't, I'm not on it like I was. And so I just feel, you know, we got we to gotta keep our phones at a distance. You know, we take it everywhere we go. Even when we're using the restroom, you know, we're on it. And it's like, <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> but... If I could just say anything, it's that we got to stop letting our phones be our distractions. We got to actually be in the now and the present with our, with our family, with our friends. We have to. We got to be connected in the real world. Praise the Lord, everybody. For many years, I've been estranged from my daughter, Tamika, who's 45, and my son, Brandon, who's 42. Still have a relationship with the grandchildren. But God told me to take a box, a gift box that my daughter gave me, 
and just put a picture of all my children and grandchildren on it. So I did that, because I'm a visual learner, you know, and, and I, I look at this beautiful picture, and for years, not decades, but for years I've been estranged from my children. And all through the fast, I kept her, trust me, because I'm always focused on Tamika and Brandon and our relationship with the week that we lost. So my daughter called me Mother's Day. She invited me over for dinner. I'm talking after years, and of course, I almost dropped the phone or whatever, whatever. But just pray, continue to pray for me. I haven't heard from my son yet. I heard I got a grandchild. And, but anyway, that's uh, through the fast. All right, does anybody in here battle with the spirit of unworthiness? Yeah. All right, the rest of you don't get to hear this. Plug your ears. I own it. I'm the king of being unworthy. That's how I walked around most of my life, king of being unworthy. I own it. Not anymore. Thank you, Dr. Cheryl. I've owned one pair of jeans for about five or six years. I have never felt worthy to own two pair of blue jeans. I wear my jeans out till they wear out. That's where the seams meet in the back, just below the behind. They wear out. They, they rub and they wear out. The same place every pair of jeans I've ever owned. We were in Jamaica, and I'm just praying they don't split while I'm in Jamaica. During the fast, the Lord began to minister to me and say, you're worthy enough for me to die for. Why are you not worthy enough for me to take care of you? So I said to my wife, I'm going to go buy a new pair of jeans. A new pair of jeans. My wife said, buy two. Twenty-five years I've not owned two pair of jeans. I own one until they wear out. So I went to buy a pair of jeans. And not only did God let me know it's time, they were buy one, get the second one, 60% off. <laughs> yeah, because I was not worthy enough to have long legs. I have to pay to have them hemmed. So what I saved takes care of having my pants hemmed. I am worthy. You are worthy. And for those who didn't raise your hand, too bad you missed a good testimony. Who's next? Don't leave me hanging. Come on. Praise God. Um, during the fast, um, I was drawn to Philippians 3, uh, verse 10, where it says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. And I always liked the part about the power of his resurrection. I said, oh, yes, power, yes, yes, power, hallelujah. 
But the fellowship of his sufferings, I didn't like that so much, you know. But uh, I was drawn to that, and I was thinking about how Jesus um, was the ultimate in, the fellow, in suffering, in self-denial. And on this fast, I experienced the self-denial. I was hungry, and I didn't like that. You know, my stomach said, it's time to eat, and I was like, no, no. And so experiencing that denial just gave me a glimpse just a glimpse into what Jesus went through. He went through 40 days. You know, I, I can't even imagine, you know, 10 days. But he went through that time of, of self-denial. But look what God did through him, you know. So I said, Lord, okay, to be conformable unto your death. And then there's the power that comes through that. So I just thank God for giving me that opportunity to um, enter into that fellowship so that I may know him more. Because that's what I want to do. I want to know him more and to be like him more. So I thank God for that. On the Saturday Fast TV, <laughs> I usually get up earlier before I go to work and I spend some time with God in, in the car ride out there to work. So in the evenings I was spending time with God even more. And uh, he was drawing me closer to him. And he wanted me to take communion every morning, every single morning. Amen. And uh, I got to the place where I was taking communion. He'd say, I'm proud of you. I'm like, okay, I'm used to taking communion once a week or so. But it's like every single morning when I take communion, I took communion today. He's just like, I'm proud of you. And I'm like, well, I'm proud of you too, God. Thank you. Thank you for your <laughs> sacrifice on the cross, you know. But uh, he would reveal things to me, you know, things that are going to take place world events and stuff like that. He'd heal something in the past or deal with an issue in the past and stuff like that when I was a kid. But I got to the place where I'd walk down a staircase to the basement and I'd feel his presence there. And it was like he was waiting over there by, we have this little fireplace downstairs and it's like he was almost like waiting there with a smile on his face for me to get down the staircase. It's like he was looking forward to spending time with me. And I never really had a good father image per se. And he was the kind of person who didn't want to spend time. He liked his own space, and he just went off on his own a lot. So when I went to go look for a dad when I was young, he didn't want to be bothered, you know. So I had that burned inside of me. So it took years to get over father issues, apparently. But now, coming down the staircase, it's like I feel the presence of God there, like, come on, come on, hurry up, come on, come on, come on. And it's just a blessing to me that God wants to spend time with us, and he's the creator of the universe. Figure that. That's just awesome. Anyone else? My Amen. blonde girlfriend has one. Amen. Um, so many of you know and were praying for me. I had to go to California and take care of Sister C for a week. So, like, the fast had been the week before I left, and I fasted uh, sweets because I love sweets. So I managed to stay on that course. But the day before I left for California, you know, one of her daughters called me, and she had been with her this, the week before I had. She had come out of the hospital. And so she said, um, Cheryl, she said she's not eating She's not getting out of bed, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, my God. 
And I, she goes, then, when you prepare food, you got to make this, this. And I'm like, prepare food. <laughs> so I get off the phone, and I'm like really anxious because I said to Bishop, I don't prepare food very often. I said, I don't cook. He said, yeah, I know. <laughs> and I said, what am I going to do? I said, I can do toast and stuff. I can make spaghetti sauce, but, you know. So um, anyway, I'm like stressed out, packing and thinking, oh, my God, okay. So I get there, and the minute I walk into her room, she was home, and uh, she sat right up in bed. She goes, Cheryl, I am so glad you're here. And she started to cry. And I just started to cry because she wasn't recognizing too many people. So we spent the whole week together, and Dad had to go to Hawaii to minister at their annual conference. And he was stressed out, but he, he needed to go. And um, so every day... I said, come on, Mom, you can do this. Let's go for a walk. Let's, you know, so she started to walk. And then uh, preparing food, I said, you know, the, she had a caregiver there, and I said, get me some things that I can prepare. And so I was preparing just simple things for her. She enjoys salmon, and I just managed to go to Trader Joe's and get it all prepared already. It was great. And so uh, You can do scrambled a, eggs, too. I, did, I can do scrambled eggs. She liked them, too. And so she was eating, and she was drinking her water, and she was walking. And so finally the third day she says, let's worship God. So she walked over to their piano and began to play every hymn she knew. And for an hour and a half we sang every song in the hymnal. And so, you know, dad calls and he goes, how's she doing? I go, I don't know about y'all, but we're having a blast here. <laughs> and um, she was even her humor, you know, mom has grown up. She grew up in a small town, but her, her father was the mayor. And so they always had a housekeeper or something. So she's always had a, a gal who came and helped her with the house. And so the one day, you know, uh, I got a basket of towels, and they were clean towels, and my daughter works with people who are having dementia problems, and she goes, just have her fold towels, it'll keep her busy, and she'll love doing it. I said, oh, that's a great idea. So I bring the towel basket, and I said, Mom, you want to fold some towels? She goes, no, Cheryl. She goes, why would I do that? And I said, oh, okay, not a great idea, forget the towels. So then I just later on got the towels, and I started folding them, and she looks at me, and she goes, well, let me help you with that. I said, great, great idea, Mom. Here, help. It was just an awesome thing. I knew the fast had gotten me ready. I knew the fast had, you know, God had just prepared the atmosphere. So it was glorious, and she's up and around, and she's eating, and she's playing piano, and she's having a good time. God, I had to give you the fast to get you ready. Truly a miracle. She called me panic-stricken from California. They've asked me to cook. I get 
other than bringing home pizza from Jets and leftover carryouts warmed up, home-cooked meals, maybe, breakfast, lunch, dinner, three a year. A year. She doesn't have time, and I knew that when I married her. And uh, But when she does cook, once or twice, maybe three times a year, it's excellent. When she cooks, when she has time. But that's truly a miracle for her to go there. And God makes her face this. Maybe God's trying to show you something. It's time to change. Amen. Change, change. Wonderful change. Amen. So that means you're going to give me more time to cook. Maybe you're here this morning and you need to change. You need to change your ways, your outlook about God, your outlook about life and who Jesus is. You're not here because you decided to get up and do something on Sunday. You're here by divine appointment. Let me, let me get this turned around so you understand. God loves you. We know that. God doesn't need you. You need God. Come on now. Let me say that again. God doesn't need you. You need God. He loves you. He wants a relationship with you but he will not force you. If you're here this morning and you are not right with God and you know it, you've not been born again, you've not come out of religion and into a relationship with a living God. You've never come to a place where you said, Lord, I need your forgiveness. I'm a sinner in need of a savior you need to you need to change God is trying to shake you right where you're at so if that's you this morning let's all pray together let's just pray together maybe you're here and you already are a Christian God's knocking on you for fresh commitment it's still a new year still time to turn things around you can ask God for a breakthrough. And we can ask for it this morning for you. God, I need your mercy. God, I need your grace. I need a breakthrough in my Christian walk. Let's all pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me, for rising from the dead. I rededicate, I commit my life to my God, my Savior, and my Redeemer. Jesus, I thank you for your love, your acceptance, and your forgiveness. I turn, I repent of my sins, and I make you Lord of my life. Amen. What a beautiful testimony this morning. Weren't they some great stories of what God has done in the lives of people?
That just builds our faith to believe God whatever we're going through. Have faith in God. You know, always end on a positive. If you talk about something negative, end on a positive. Some people have a, well, I don't know what to say, you know. You don't have to deny what you're going through, but end on a positive. Oh, I got a toothache. Oh, I don't know what's going to happen. Oh, my guy got wisdom to that. Okay. Then say, but my God's going to heal me. Amen. He's going to use a dentist, whoever he's going to do it. He's going to end on something positive. If you talk about a negative, amen. Don't just end on a negative. End on something God's going to do to give him the glory, amen. How are you feeling? Oh, I feel terrible. Oh, I don't feel good. I got a backache. Then turn it around and say, but my God's going to heal me. I'm believing for healing. It's going to happen this week. God's going to do something. I'm going to be healed. God's the healer, and I'm believing for my healing, amen. End on something positive in life. Praise the Lord. How many have enough negatives in their life? End on a positive. I mean, let's stand to our feet. Uh, when, when we hear good things happening, it is right and proper and fitting to give God thanks. So, this morning as we prepare to dismiss and fellowship, Let's give God thanks this morning. Let's lift our hands and worship him. No matter what you've been through this week, no matter what's coming this week, let's prepare ourselves through worshiping him and praising him. Amen. Dr. Tom, I don't know what you're going to do, but I'll give it over to you. <laughs>